Hey, 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 Travis, are you awake? Psst, Trav. Travis. Dude, what? What? I'm awake. What? (laughs) Man, it's time for the show. People are listening right now. People are listening. Oh, man. Well, oh, I must have overslept. Oh, yeah. Listen, go brush your teeth and get your Royals cap on and I'll let everybody know what's going on today. All right. All right. I'll be I'll be right back. (laughs) That Travis. Okay, Uh, like many fields of technology, there's a preponderance of men involved in blockchain development. But that is changing. We all know that men and women are equal, but they're also equally different. Each gender brings unique talents and perspective to the table. Today, we welcome one such leader from the female of the species to the show. Alice Litkova is a true blockchain advocate and expert with a wide range of experience to back her up. We'll discuss how women are bringing great value to the crypto world and how doors are opening for more to get involved. It's the Travis is almost awake episode number 187 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Wake up. Wake up, Trav. Did you fall back asleep again? Dude, you were supposed to. Dave's not here. Uh, man, I, you were going to go brush your teeth. You were going to get in. You, you, you went on snooze. Man, man. Okay. You don't want to do that today. We got a killer show. Hey, you know what? I don't know what you're talking about. I was wide awake. <laughs> Snoring while you're sleep- while you're awake. <laughs> you can't prove it. It was not on the blockchain. It's not immutable. It was transparent. I was awake. And it is the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and crypto serious. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns. I'm Joel Com. He's Travis Wright. And you got us. He is actually fully awake. That is true. And uh, this is a great episode today because we're chatting with someone on the show today who has, uh, she's a female and she has, uh, she has advised over 20 blockchain projects. She's like doing all kinds of awesome stuff. She is a female. That's we got to say that. It's 2018. Redundant? I don't know. I don't want to use the wrong use the wrong pronoun. Don't go being so redundant on me. It is going to be a good show. We're glad you guys are here. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe and review the podcast. We depend upon you, our listeners. It basically keeps this show free. Uh, you know, we don't ever want to charge for the show. We have some sponsors occasionally that will, you know, pay to be on the show but we always want our content to be free for you guys and all we ask is that it take a moment please and go subscribe and review the show we'd appreciate that we would absolutely appreciate that and you know leave us a review we love it when you leave reviews funny reviews are our preference um you can be unfunny if you like if you're not actually funny in real life you don't have to pretend to be funny on your review uh that would be nice to try they could try really appreciate that and we love comments. We love questions. We're going to be doing a Talking Tokens episode. Talking Tokens with Travis Wright and Jilkum very, very soon again. So call us up. Nine, uh, our number is 708-885-9030. I believe that's our number. I don't, I think I, I may have forgotten it. That's actually the number. 708-885-9030. Call us up. No more than a minute. Tell us about your token. 
And, uh, you know, no crap coins, please. We don't want to talk about those. Uh, if we we're going to talk about crap coins, we'll do a crypto roulette. <laughs> By the way, that, that got some good feedback. People enjoyed us, you know, going down into the seller of the crypto coins and talking about, you know, some of these things that people don't even know about. And we discovered some stuff that was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty cool. It was it was uh, I think we got more tweets about that episode than we've gotten in a while on an episode because they because it was funny. It was completely random. And then somebody said, um, you know, I listen to bad crypto for news and insights. I don't you know, I don't really um, I, I listen to podcasts sporadically and I want to make sure when I do listen to podcasts that I'm getting the most value from them. So I didn't get a whole lot of value from that one. Mm-hmm. So you don't always yeah. get value from bad crypto. Hence the name. It sucks to be them, I suppose. I know. They're going to get value today, though. Let's do this thing. Thing. It's a thing we're going to do. Here we go. Do the thing. Mr. Travis Wright, I want to say I'm excited. I am glad that you are excited, Mr. Joe Com. Whenever you're excited, that means it's going to be an excellent episode. It, it, well, we have got with us today a, a super smart guest who is a, a woman in blockchain, which you know we like the crypto checks, right? We, we like the, seeing the, the, the women get involved in the space because, frankly, uh, there's probably a shortage, and I'm not sure why that is. Maybe we'll discover mm-hmm. why that is. Well, we were at the Litecoin conference, and there was like maybe a handful of women at that whole event. Yeah, maybe two hands the most. Two handfuls. But yeah, I don't know. Was- I know that Naomi and I just saw a few. And then it was funny. They had, you know, during the uh, the party, the evening party, they had like a DJ coming in. I'm like, great. You have a DJ. And it's like only dudes like, yeah. <laughs> It what was kind a, of party you want here? This is weird. A, it, it was a dude fest. I hear a giggle from a female voice. That voice is Alice Lidkova, but we're we're going to call her Hodlkova, I guess. And she is a TV host. She's an agency owner, a blockchain founder, a marketer, an ICO advisor, and a woman in blockchain advocate. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Alice. Thank you for the welcome, gentlemen. We're we're really glad you're here. Um, you have advised a lot of blockchain projects. You have connected projects to investors. You've raised capital. You have uh, brought companies to different markets. You've created viral marketing campaigns. And I have a feeling that you have a lot to say about the blockchain world. That's right. Not then she didn't. She didn't have a whole lot of words then. <laughs> nope. but, but she will. This I think works. she summed it up. I think right there, ladies and gentlemen, all, the wisdom that if you didn't catch the layers of that onion that were involved in that's Super right brevity they, that's what we you want. missed it all right let's go down the rabbit hole in fact let's start with the the journey that you took into the crypto space how did you get here okay so i had my i had started my uh, consulting agency in grad school and i was helping startups and positioning them for capital raise in silicon valley so as i was uh, one of the only entrepreneurs at Carnegie Mellon's public policy school uh, that was actually starting out uh, her own business during a month before graduation, I started asking myself, can I create a sustainable consulting agency? So I started uh, working with clients, had a couple of challenges in the beginning. Uh, People were very confused why I had an agency and not a six-figure job right out of uh, grad school. And uh, a friend of mine, she called me from San Francisco and she told me about this thing called uh, Coinbase. And I created an account 
on the exchange. And just because I was very inquisitive and curious and it was super easy to set up an account. And uh, this was May of 2016. So I bought some Ethereum at, uh, it was $96. Litecoin was at 11. Bitcoin was uh, just under 2000. And uh, right around August, my account got hacked. The way that my account mm. got hacked was because I was trying to buy Neo from Bittrex. And I called Bittrex customer support because I didn't understand how to buy Neo even after watching YouTube, a YouTube channel tutorial. And so I, uh, the call that got uh, rerouted to uh, a hacker and uh, it was a lovely man with an IP address in Dayton, Ohio and a Russian accent. And it was confirmed that about an hour later, my accounts were emptied. Would would like to please empty, take on yeah. your crypto. Basically, without telling me. Yeah. So I, I read that about 30 million okay. accounts got compromised and that launched my blockchain vertical in my business. 30 yeah. million were compromised? Wow. And that was not, that was beyond Coinbase. Was like, oh. Those were that year in uh, uh, different exchanges. So that uh, I just figured that we have a need for education at this point and just educating people about how to set up a wallet. So that's what I started consulting on. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the crypto world. <laughs> That that kind of that kind of happened to us when we started the show. Um, I think we're about two months into the show, and well, then somebody happened, did happened a to you. swap. Happened, happened to, you. to me. It didn't happen to me. Well, luckily it happened to us. That way you yeah. were able to protect yourself, so it doesn't happen to you. That's true. Which is good. When uh, when somebody did a SIM card swap on me and, with T-Mobile, and next thing I know, I'm like, whoa! They were trying to drain my cryptos, but you know, having the show and having the the conversations that we had, we knew to keep our cryptos off of any exchanges and keep cryptos off of our computers and mobile devices and use two-factor authentication, all that new stuff. We learned all kinds of new things. Uh, it's been, it's been quite a journey. So, so now you are, you have a consulting uh, company and you're also doing some, uh, you have a show with NASDAQ where you are talking about new economies and maybe tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think that's completely fascinating to our audience. I bet a lot of our audience tunes in. Awesome. So uh, new is our company, it's a, and the parent company's uh, New Economies Limited out of London. And my business partner, Lucas Servigny, he's an ICU advisor himself, and he's also a TV personality. We joined forces because we were both doing the same thing and we had complementary skin, skill sets and we just enjoyed each other's company to create uh, the, the show, neweconomies.com. Now, we are independent of NASDAQ, we can use their studio space to invite uh, blockchain founders to the uh, to the studio where we actually that we use the space to uh, interview the founders. We do about three to seven minute interviews, and then we edit the videos and we put it on NewEconomies.com. Now, the reason we did that uh, for two reasons: we found that PR was becoming increasingly expensive. Uh, for a lot of blockchain companies, and and the results were grim because, for example, if you go to any of the big publications like uh, Entrepreneur Inc., Forbes, you would have to wait several months, or uh, or you would have to pay a lot to get published, and there's no guarantee because you have to go within be within the guidelines of each entity. We also found that our clients wanted not only PR exposure but introduction to investors, and they wanted some. Um, entertainment and uh because the crypto space 
not a lot of companies have the entertainment component. So if you look at Pitch Investors Live, uh, we're a blockchain company that uh, actually connects businesses with investors. And we are, uh, we provide entertainment, we provide exposure. I'm on the founding team. Uh, we have Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank accepting pitches. And right now on social media, we're trending right behind uh, Shark Tank and Kickstarter. So all of these projects I've worked on, the lessons I was able to learn, that if we provide a, a package where it's PR exposure, marketing, introduction to investors, then we have an, an opportunity in the marketplace. And that's that's why NewEconomies.com was formed. And that's that's led you to a number of advisory roles. And uh, I'm sure that you've seen everything, you know, the full spectrum that, you know, everybody comes in with seemingly good intentions. Travis and I are advisors on a number of projects as well. And some of them move forward and some of them just they they get stuck. Yes, correct. You know, I think that the lessons I've learned here being an advisor is personally and just, you know, in the market and then I'll talk about the industry of the advisor services, professional services industry. Personally, I the projects I've worked on were referrals. So I've been referred the business, which is always good because then you've already established trust. Now, as an advisor, when you put something in a contract, the industry, and you may have certain deliverables, that changes all the time. Nothing that you put in the contract and the dates is actually accurate because um, let's say the company, you know, folds or or it grows and now the, the leadership changes. So what you have originally in the contract is essentially invalid. And, and if you have the resources to sue, it's going to cost a lot more than what the what you get paid in the contract. So it's always a balancing act of um, working with the right clients where you're actually spending more time doing the work and creating those business relationships to help the companies expand then um, work rather rather than working on those details of updating the contracts and and work and 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 working really on the on the details that take a lot of, of time away from what you're all intended to work on, which is you know grow the vision of the company and create a value in the marketplace. So I find sometimes that the advisors are debt collectors, and uh, they also uh, they have to explain their value proposition. My my response to that is, hey, I've I've written over two hundred articles about the blockchain. Uh, you see me online. If you go to my LinkedIn page, I post a video every day. So my credentials are there. I went to grad school. I went to an awesome program. Uh, completed my graduate studies at Carnegie Mellon, and I've been in the tech space for three years. So what other credentials do you need? And I think that's a challenge for women because there's a lot more resistance, and uh, I haven't seen. A man to a man say, hey, bro, what's what what are your credentials? No, it's sort of like, can you get it done? Yeah, we can get it done. So th- these little details take time away from from work and, and really create and getting things done efficiently. Yeah, it's like it's I read a great quote not long ago that says, you know, don't necessarily hire for their experience, hire for their intelligence and be able to figure stuff out because you can train. If you get the right person with the right passion. You can train pretty yeah. much anything with, in a lot of these in a lot of jobs, right? And so a lot of people get get hung up. 
And it's that, yeah. Can you get it done? Can you rock it? Can you make this happen? Yeah. Are you a bigger outer? That's what's important today, right? And I, I love through your career how you've steadily stacked skills, right? So I'm actually in the process of writing a book right now called Stacking Skills. And I think that, you know, your career has been so interesting because not only did, you know, you, you know, you go to go to, you know, get your master's at Carnegie Mellon, but if you even go back farther, like even before that, you decided you were just going to go be a journalist and a freelance journalist during the Arab spring in the middle East. And so you, you're not afraid of taking risk. You're like, I'm going to go to Syria and Iraq and, and uh, Lebanon and some of these other places and write about what's going on. So that that was a pretty amazing background. And I'm sure you learned a lot of really interesting stuff that, that you're able to apply now in your career. So fascinating, fascinating. Background. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm driven by facts. I make data driven decisions and I also make emotional decisions. I think that even though people tell you don't make emotional decisions in business, well, guess what? We subconsciously make those decisions anyway. And so being aware mm-hmm. that you, you can you can have uh, when I say emotional decisions, I mean you know you connect with that person, you know they're awesome. Now you're doing business. You haven't done it. It's a gut feeling sometimes, right? You just you get a you get a feeling. So the feeling is again, you need both. The feel the gut is really something that um, every female powerful woman that I have actually learned about. Let's say Hillary Clinton or Victoria Beckham from the Spice Girls. They always they, they talk about the gut. Women have a great intention uh, and and also not intent intuition and a gut. And they they always say, you know, I wish I followed my gut. That's one of my regrets. And I'm in this industry. It's the same. I mean, I've I've learned how to really listen to my gut and pay attention because I was a journalist. And so, and uh, when you're on the ground as a journalist, you're a soldier. You're an officer. You're a public servant, and you're the first in line to die. You will be the first in line because you're on the ground. You're not in the office, and you don't have a weapon, and you're not protected. So you have to really listen to your gut just to survive, and that has helped me in business. the The one thing that that I have a struggle with is is uh, you know can I uh, communicate what I'm feeling? Well, it's just a feeling. So now I need facts, and then obviously I'm more confident to make a decision when I have the facts. So it's a balance between that gut, that feeling and the facts. And you both, you you need both of those to work together like a dance. And that's what makes people successful, I think, um, in business uh, and and not ignoring one or the other. So that's one thing I'm learning possibly the hard way. Well, and speak of learning things the hard way, you know, when you are an advisor, sometimes you come upon um, a change in your evaluation of what's taking place. And that leads you to have to make some tough decisions. Uh, and I'm sure you've encountered this, haven't you? Yes, very tough decisions, because on one hand, I'm a marketer. And so marketers don't always uh, disclose all the facts right? The, the marketing is a little bit of embellishing information, but as a journalist, you don't embellish <laughs> information and you have to create, unless your own, unless you report for an entity where the editors have the right to embellish a, a little bit or because they have to adhere to a certain political party, for example. Um, so it's what's the power of, of entrepreneurship and really the, the blockchain industry is that if you create your own entity whether it's a consulting firm or your own technology, it is yours. So you have the 
you, you know, the say in, in the vision, once you start giving up equity, for example, you have to adhere to a uh, to set of rules. And it comes down to culture too. And not everybody is, is from the same culture. And then you introduce different cultures, different political, religious views. And then it's much more challenging to manage uh, a company or even an ICO, right? So it's it's the best practices in this industry as I've learned, put everything in the contract, communicate even before you receive capital, like what are you going to do with the money when you get it? And um, manage the risk by communicating a lot with your advisors because it's not enough just to have my face on your website. If I don't know what's going on, I can't help you when it's too late, especially when it's too late. Advisors can't help in that moment because then it's a legal matter. So it's always about communication and putting it down to a contract and being true to yourself. I think that's a big one. Yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting when you, when you say that a journalist, right, is, is basing a lot of things on facts. I went to school for journalism, and I agree, most journalism should. But we, I think we're getting into an era now where, you know, depending on what media you watch, right. some of it's very biased. And I, I, I actually led a panel, media panel, uh, on the block, the Coins Bank blockchain cruise with uh, several really brilliant people. And nobody has come up with a solution yet. It's like, how do we identify the truth more effectively? And how do we, how are we going to hold media accountable? Maybe through blockchain, maybe through other means, so that way it's easier to identify the truth. Because a lot of times we're getting mistruths, we're getting the bending of the truth. It's almost like journalists are becoming like marketers or PR in some cases, more so than strict truth tellers. It's not like the Walter Cronkite days of, of, of the olden days where, you know, there's only three channels and you assume that's exactly the truth. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But how do we solve that? Because the distrust yeah. of the media now is at all time highs, no matter if you right, if you lean right or you lean left. I just want the truth, right? I, I, yeah. I'm just like John Lennon. Give me some truth. So how are we going to get that? How can blockchain maybe help the media become more effective and, and regain that trust? Okay, so one thing that, that we've done at New Economy, so actually before I get to that, I want to point out something really interesting. So I identify myself as a journalist and I identify myself as a marketer. Those two, posi- those two titles or professions they go, they're in direct conflict with each other by default. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I, I, again, I, I deal with a lot of these dichotomies. I mean, it, it really, it, they're in direct uh, competition or in, in, in opposition. And, and so sometimes it's, it's sort of like what I have to think about is, okay, let me take the best from the two. Okay. So how do I do that? So how I did that was with neweconomies.com. And the way, uh, so we market neweconomies.com as being the leading authority on blockchain news via video content. And we do interviews. So we market our services on social media. You know, what could be embellishment? We're the leading, right? How do we truly know we're leading? We've done our competitive analysis and we're the only ones that have uh, a specific you know, we utilize video uh, in the blockchain industry. No other company has done what we have, as to our knowledge. Now, where it's journalism is, for example, if uh, I post that video on neweconomies.com, we have a YouTube channel, we have organic 2,000 subscribers, that's organic. Now I pu- publish this video on LinkedIn. 
Now, let's say there's a there's there are negative comments. So I've had a founder ask me, the founder that was featured in the video, to take down the comments. That's where I stick to journalism, and I say no, because bad PR is good PR. And I'm going to challenge the the person that made the negative comment by saying, you know, opinion is half fact. And so if you're going to make a claim, back it with facts, just like a journalist would. And they they do, they may or may not. At the end of the day, that person that's being featured in the video, the founder, has had more engagement. So from a marketing standpoint, he has more followers. His message has come across. And he has has more leverage by marketing his product. And we in marketing, we could always focus on in marketing, you focus on the good, the positive message to gain more uh, likability and stickability in the marketplace. You're not going to advertise, right? The negative comment in journalism, you do. So that's how I kind of balance by giving um, a non-biased stage. And that's actually I let the public decide what they want to believe in. And I could still be a marketer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, we, we're actually uh, somewhat in you know the same arena in that we're both marketers, and yet you know we cover the crypto space, and we also you know we have sponsors, and we act as advisors, and it's interesting. You have to make sure that your disclosure is you know rock solid, so that there's no question that you know when you're being paid and when you're not. Exactly. So let, 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 let's expand uh, this conversation to, uh, in a broader sense, especially around the arena of women in blockchain. Why, when we go to an event, is there such a preponderance of testosterone? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, um, the tech industry traditionally has had fewer women, although the, uh, the education, the STEM, STEM fields, uh, uh, so science, technology, education, and math, has attracted more and more women. Unfortunately, the tech industry has a difficult time uh, keeping women in the industry because of the lack of support, whether it's from, like in my case, it was my family didn't really support my decisions. Um, My boyfriend at the time didn't support it. Colleagues didn't, you know, they did support, but it was a sort of a weird, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I didn't feel like I, I trusted them. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, for women, uh, I believe that every woman in the tech sector almost has to have a mentor to help them through the challenging times, like negotiating large contracts, like uh, doing reputation management. If their if their name spreads um, across the internet, that they've done something wrong. And, um, and even Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, who's a professional, uh, personal development speaker. He says, every coach needs a coach, <laughs> you know, every CEO needs a coach. And I've always adapted that. I was a coach myself. I have mentors. And fortunately I have great clients and business partners that are very supportive. Uh, of course, sometimes, you, you know, I take the perspective of, uh, my nickname is Terminator or Bulldozer. And that's because I call people out on their bullshit, and sometimes that makes people afraid of me, which is a good thing. I always Litkova is Terminator. She will <laughs> steamroll you. No BS. I always say I'm a New Yorker, and I tell you <laughs> how good. it is. And and at the end of the day, I have your interests, but you 
know, in mind. And I don't do anything malicious. And I want to make sure that you succeed because we, we both succeed. It's a win-win. And so I think for women, uh, when they see that there's injustice or something, they, they stay quiet. They don't blow the whistle. And uh, when they get asked to speak, they go. Uh, but, but, you know, I think that they should get paid to speak because I know their male counterparts are getting paid to speak. And uh, so asking the organizers, hey, you have to pay me $5,000 to speak, is, is something that is still um, intimidating for women. And especially if they're advisors, since there are few women uh, in this space that are advisors, uh, the power of association is a, is a real thing. So if a woman doesn't see another woman on the team, she's not likely to join the team. And so it's my responsibility to be the first woman because I, that's the way that I'm going to attract more women. And that's how I have done it. Um, whether it's Pitch Investors Live, whether it's New Economies or, or other uh, clients that I work with and companies, that's basically what it comes down to is that I'm going to become the first. So, and, and that's just, that's typically the way that I've done it. Maybe, I don't know why it's just, it's, you're a pioneer out there. I love that. You're actually, yeah, you're the trailblazer. So, uh, so other people, you're, you're putting people on your back and you're, and you're going, you're going for it. I love that. Um, let me ask then about, you know, how do you see, you know, the blockchain space evolving and maybe what future opportunities, uh, do you see in the blockchain space? Cause you, as you said, you, you advise several different projects and you're talking to different companies all the time through your show on NASDAQ, you know, what are some of those opportunities that you're seeing in the blockchain space moving forward? Two things, education. First thing is education. So when we have more emphasis on the, on the education, then um, there'll be fewer people afraid of uh, blockchain technology. And uh, right now people still think that blockchain industry is Bitcoin. So, I mean, there's, there's the currency and then there's the technology or the infrastructure. And I think that when more and more People will be uh, educated about the space. It'll draw more women. They're naturally great educators, great collaborators. And uh, more and more people will be comfortable having women or, or, or um, different ethnic groups on the team. I also have to say that if it wasn't for the men to really mentor me and inspire me to be in the industry, I would not have gone this far. But I have to step up. I have to say, okay. This is what you need, and I'll be the first, and then I have to deliver the results. So I deliver them. So it's not just the support. I have to perform. I do perform, and I hold people accountable. And I think that the future of the industry is that if we have the educational services uh, in this space, then it'll get a lot more people comfortable to not only just invest in cryptocurrency, because we already headed towards a barter type of economy. But we're also going to actively work together to solve problems. And one of the problems is how do we adapt, or build out a blockchain system or integrate it with our current business model? We've been doing the business, this, this, the way that we've been doing business is 100 years the same. So now how do we incorporate blockchain systems, right? So that, that we, we have to first get educated to, to, to invest in blockchain. So that the biggest opportunity, I would say, is, uh, is education and incorporating more women in the space because they're drivers. They're the educators. So as 
you know, investors are looking at the blockchain space and it's so incredibly volatile. What do you think some of the best practice are, practices are for people to mitigate their risk? So tr- traditionally, uh, when the model is, is just, is just token. So the company has a team, uh, they give, uh, they give out tokens or uh, for, for, for services or to get more people on board, to get investors on board, advisors, they give tokens. Well, the investors are still not used to this this type of model because it's a new model. And so having a hybrid model like convertible notes or equity and tokens is is uh, is something that will get investors a little bit more comfortable. We've done that at Pitch Investors Live just to attract more investors and uh, awesome advisors. And, you know, I would say uh, to answer your question, uh, investors, same thing, they have to be educated. And at the end of the day, uh, for, for blockchain companies to scale, they need the investment. And that's, that's a big challenge right now. Again, I've also seen where companies that didn't even have an MVP get a lot of investment capital. But the thing is, they're not sustainable. They, and then it creates fear, uncertainty, and doubt and gives a really bad name to the industry. So it's like in any business, it's just sustainable growth. And the projects that I have seen succeed have great teams, are able to meet deadlines. They have great strategic advisors and partners. And those partners could be startups or big corporations or governments that uh, vouch for them and support their vision, the vision of the founders. So that's, um, and some of the companies like Deloitte do that. Deloitte is a great company that's already looked into blockchain technology, IBM, uh, you know, the government of Mexico is looking into ways to incorporate blockchain. Estonian government has already done a good job. Same thing with Austria, for example, and, and some Asian countries. I want to ask this one final question for you as we're about to wrap up here is that, you know, we, we've, we've talked about it. We, you know, Joel kind of mentioned a little bit earlier and you chatted about a bit. You're, you're a women in blockchain advocate. How can we get more women involved in crypto and blockchain? Because, you know, we've, we've been in the show, we've done this show now for about 15 months and we've interviewed a lot of, we've interviewed a lot of amazing women on the show. And we just, we know there's gotta be so many more that's going to enter the space because we can't have mass adoption of crypto without women fully embracing crypto. So how, how do we, how do we get to that point? (laughs) Yes, it's fairly simple. I, in my world, it's simple. Number one, pay them. Okay, pay them. Hey, you want to come mm-hmm. speak at my conference on my podcast? I'll incentivize you. I'll give you 500 bucks. You know, it's 5,000, doesn't matter. Pay them to be there or give them a gift. Okay, because that incentivizes. Uh, incentivizes. What about people who aren't even in crypto yet? They can't come speak at the conference if they're not in crypto yet. Right. So this is what we were talking about is just doing, um, doing uh, your, this, as advocates, we educate, we, we educate the public. The, the, what I've done, what I've personally done is in my marketing material, whether it's for my business or for Pitch Investors Live and New Economies, I personally interview other women. I personally educate other women through my interviews with other women. And I include women, uh, images of women in my marketing material. And, and there's resistance sometimes there. It doesn't matter. I still say we need to include more women if we're selling to women. That's bottom line. Just like you're selling jewelry to women, you, the, the bracelet is worn by a woman. Um, so again, it comes down to the marketing material, the messaging, uh, interviews with more women. 
And if you're looking for women, guys, I have a list of 800 women that would love to be on this podcast. So you talk to people like me that will give you referrals. That's awesome. Because I know them. So that's just asking for referrals. And guess what? I'll even be in your book, Stacking Skills, right? Is that the name of your book? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, right I'll now. even be in your book to attract more women. So I'm very open. There you go. Love to stack the skills. I love that. You have a great message, and we're really grateful for you coming on our show. Tell us your website, neweconomies.com. If you guys check out the show notes, you'll see uh, an article on Medium um, about Alice and some more of her perspective, as well as a link to her LinkedIn profile where you can connect with her. And uh, thanks again, Alice. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, gentlemen, for having me on the show. Um, I really, I'm in full support of what you're doing. And thank you again for reaching out. I appreciate it. And that is what we call value. Aren't you glad you listened? That was a lot of value. That was more value than most people paid for. Aren't you glad you were here, Travis, and you didn't sleep through this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm way, way glad about that. We got some exciting content coming up, Mr. Travis Wright. We have been content monsters. (laughs) You know what? We've been doing all kinds of amazing interviews with brilliant folks, and we got a nice lineup of great episodes coming up, uh, including our next episode, right, Mr. Jokom? Yeah, we're going to have Adam from World Crypticon. This is the big event that's taking place in uh, Las Vegas at the Aria Hotel, October 31st through November 2nd. Hopefully you'll be there and Adam's going to come on and talk a little bit about what you can expect at the event, as well as to get some of his insights for the crypto space right now. So you're not going to want to miss that. That'll be episode number 188. 188. A lot of a lot of interesting events going on in the crypto space in October. Busy, busy stuff. And hopefully we can start seeing the crypto price moving up in the right direction, right, Mr. Johan? I sure hope when are you gonna so. Do, when are you going to do something about that? When are you going to start? When are you going to fix it? Let me place a phone call and see what I can do about that. Okay. If you could call the Crypto Association, let them know we'd like the price to go up. I'm going to call them and I'm going to tell them, stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I'm the most melodic snorer ever, aren't I? Who's